The biggest thing for junior doctors is understanding your interests. Because we, as I said, we're studious, we're hardworking, and junior doctors often do what is expected of them and do what we're told to do. What happens then sometimes is we live this life, we go through medical school or our junior doctor years with doing what is asked of us without reflecting on what do we actually enjoy doing. So one really useful exercise is active reflection. It's a bit of an interest reflection exercise. And I tell every junior doctor I speak to do this, and that is to reflect at the end at the end of your day or to reflect at the end of your week. And you, you sit down and you say to yourself, what did I like about today and what didn't I like about today? What do I like about medicine and what don't I like about medicine? And get very specific about what those things are. Hi, Dr. Ash Coxon. Thank you so much for joining me on MDA Nationals Junior Doctor Wellbeing Podcast. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure and it's exciting to be invited. Now, you're a general practitioner, but also you work as a uh, medical career development practitioner, which is uh, really cool. Not many doctors in Australia do this. Can you give us a bit of an idea what that means or what kind of work you do in, in general terms? Yeah, sure. Thanks for asking. Yeah, no, it's not that well of a known career. So it's good that I, I'm glad that you asked how exactly what it involves. So my background is that I'm a general practitioner. So I'm a GP in Townsville and I also do the career development work. So during my um, qualification to become a GP, I was also doing a master's of clinical education and throughout that developed an interest in career development. So I trained as a certified career development practitioner. So it's a qualification to become certified in Australia to do that. And the job career development practitioner essentially means career counsellor, career planner, career coach, all kind of moulded into one. But I guess essentially what majority of the work I do is career counselling, which is helping doctors, medical students and any other medical professionals within their career and understanding what it might be that's leading to them to perhaps not enjoy their career or how they can mould their career to find career satisfaction and try and avoid career dissatisfaction and career regret. So career counselling is essentially the process of figuring out and identifying what you might not be enjoying about your career and, and also what you might be enjoying. Coaching is the process of that solution-orientated or goal-orientated process of then saying, well, this is what I want to aim towards. And then the career planning is the sort of, okay, let's go through the step-by-step procedures in how I might get to that point. So I guess a career development practitioner does a little bit of everything. Mm. And so I think that your work is more relevant than ever. There are more and more duty doctors burnt out ever since COVID-19 pandemic, not to say that there wasn't any burnout prior, but I think it has been exacerbated. And so I was just wondering if leaving medicine, especially clinical medicine, is ever the right solution? And what are some important things to consider before junior doctors make that decision to leave? Yeah, okay. Thank you. Great question. Something that I get asked about frequently and something that a lot of clients want to talk to me about. Um, I guess it's very individual. For some people, it's the right decision. For some people, it might not be the right decision. The first thing to say is often when you are uncertain, confused, unhappy, dissatisfied, it is very common for us to internalize those feelings and start to perhaps ruminate on the same themes of unhappiness or dissatisfaction in our own heads. 
what we tend some and and we'll talk to family friends close people to us and that can be really useful if it's helped you come up with a career decision on what you next might want to do but sometimes our brains perhaps aren't useful in terms of career planning in the fact that we might be going round and round in circles in the same themes in our heads about what we might not be enjoying about medicine and what happens is that can kind of escalate and we focus on those things so in career planning or understanding what you're not enjoying your career, it's really important often to talk to someone else external from your situation. So it's often someone independent, impartial, to sort of bring you out of that cycle of reflecting on the same things that are happening within your work to sort of try and get you to understand, well, is it my work? Is it my career? So is it my day-to-day job that I'm not enjoying? Or is it this year that I'm not enjoying? Or is it this pandemic that I'm not enjoying? Or is it my career that I'm not enjoying? So it is really normal for all of us as humans to focus on what we're not liking about in our day and to be like, oh, that day was awful. I hate it. The last month has been awful. I hate it. Therefore, I should leave medicine. So one of the most important things is being able to differentiate, is work really bad at the moment or is work not enjoyable? And what is actually getting a specific reason for why you're not liking medicine? Might be one, might be 20. Um, And then being able to understand, well, actually, is this modifiable or not? So is this going to keep going in my career? And is it something that's the core part of me and my skills and it's just not suited for medicine? Or is it something that is actually going to be modifiable down the track? So you might be able to do that yourself, but lots of people can't. It's a really hard thing to do is to sit back and reflect on that career process. So I guess the biggest piece of advice would be, please speak to someone about it. It might be your GP. It might be a psychologist. It might be a career counsellor. It might be people from your medical education unit. It might be a director of training at your hospital. But talk to someone about what is going on with your career and what you might not be enjoying and then start to really pinpoint what exactly it is. So that's sort of the first step, I guess, would be to talk to someone or verbalize it out loud to try and bring you forward in your career decision-making process to sort of challenge yourself a bit to really put down on paper or verbalize or commit to what it might be specifically you're not enjoying. So, you know, it might be fast-paced decision-making or conflict with patients or night shifts or the culture of the hospital, like write it down and get specific because then you can then make the decision, okay, this is something I am not willing to do for the rest of my career. And therefore, yes, I think it's the right decision for me. Or you might look at that list and say, you know what, I think that this is going to be, you know, I'm going to move into a different career in two years time and I won't be still facing these challenges and therefore come up with strategies to sort of deal with it for those two years until you can move into another career. So getting really specific about what it is, is really important. And that is quite an active reflection process. And also understanding that there's actually over 80 medical specialties you can do as a, as a doctor. There is a huge variety of things out there. So before you step away from clinical medicine, if you feel like that is the decision you want to make, I just encourage you to make sure you look at all specialties that you could pursue. Make sure there's one that isn't sitting there that you actually could be perfect for you that you haven't considered. But if you do decide to step away from clinical medicine, I think, Dana, you asked, is there anything to consider? There's a couple of probably big considerations to be aware of. Number one, do you want it to be permanent or not? So we all have our medical registration. We all have to re-register, you know, the same time every year and we all pay our fees. Some people decide to go non-practicing and not have their registration. Others might decide to keep the registration. 
you can actually step away from clinical medicine but still continue medical registration. And the Medical Board of Australia and APRA have really specific defined rules around what is considered registrationable or not. So just have a look at that before you make the decision to step away and make that decision. Do I want to completely leave clinical medicine? Do I want to stay non-clinical but within the medical world? Or do I want to leave the medical field altogether? And that can be a decision you can make by looking at those guidelines. And the other thing to consider, I guess, is your CPD. Like if you do decide to step away but don't want to completely give up your registration, you're going to have some CPD that needs to keep um, that you need to keep ticking away and doing. And the other thing to say is every decision is not final. Like if you do decide to step away and you do decide to come back in, in you know, five, 10 years time, it can happen. It's just a bit of a hurdle to do that, to come back into clinical medicine. But the other thing to say is for some people stepping away is exactly what they need and they can find another career out there for them that is perfect for them. So I guess those are the main considerations about thinking about the finality of it and do I want to keep my registration and CPD active and how can I make that happen? Wow, that's some really good advice. And I think what I took away from that is ultimately it's very much a case-by-case basis. Everyone's situation's different. What everyone can tolerate or enjoy or really dislike is different from doctor to doctor. Uh, I was just wondering then if, say, a particular junior doctor has reached the point where they've, you know, spoken to a friend's family or their director of training and they really have decided no clinical medicine, even though there are 80 different specialties, they really don't want to stay. What are some non-clinical career options out there that junior doctors can consider? Yeah, well, that's exciting, first of all, that if you get to that point of making the decision, it's exciting because there's lots of options out there. Um, I guess the the first thing to say is there are non-clinical careers that you can do within your medical registration. So you can train towards a career in what we classify as non-clinical medicine, or should I say non-seeing um, patient medicine. Uh, so those careers, you, you know, you can decide that you do want to get a fellowship because that's another decision to make. Do I want to get a fellowship or not? If you do want to get a fellowship, but you don't want to work directly with patients, then there are things like radiology or pathology you could work towards. Then there are things like medical administration or public health as well that you can consider. So you can still do a specialty training program in non-clinical medicine. But if you want to step away and not um, do a specialty training program, there's lots of opportunities within non-clinical medicine as well. The one important consideration to be aware of is whether you have general registration or not. So a lot of the non-clinical jobs will say general registration as their baseline, um, you know, qualification or prerequisite. And so if you are, you know, two months away from finishing your general registration and you want to leave clinical medicine, I would just take that as a consideration that a lot of employees will be looking for general registration to move into these non-clinical worlds. But in terms of non-clinical jobs, there are so many out there. There are some that are more medical and using your medical background and you need to have had clinical experience to go into that area. And there are some that aren't really employing you to work as a doctor, so they won't be expecting you to have clinical background. So the ones that would be expecting you to have a clinical background or you're more likely to get work in that area is things like being a medical advisor or medical education or research. And there are jobs like a clinical trials supervisor where you're supervising research projects or a clinical investigation supervisor where you're still seeing patients and you're um, being the supervisor for whatever clinical investigation is going on. 
There are other areas like um, digital health or um, working in boards or working on committees. So there's a huge amount of options there in the non-clinical world um, for for being basing on, on having that medical background. There are other things like occupational medicine, pharmaceutical medicine. And then we start thinking about careers in which you can transition to without having clinical experience or that they don't expect you to have a large amount of clinical experience. So the pharmaceutical industry might employ you with just general registration. There's careers like management consultancy. There's medical writing. Um, So there's a huge amount of careers out there that you can move into in the non-clinical world. Uh, LinkedIn is a really good place to start looking. Creative careers in medicine is a great place to start looking. And even Seek and Indeed are places that are kind of um, producing non-clinical options for doctors. And I have a course all on non-clinical careers as well. That's great. It really is good to know that there's that backup option for some junior doctors to have that reassurance and help them keep going sometimes. But there are also some who then are not sure and feeling a bit lost. So what are some tools that junior doctors can use if they don't really have someone to access to chat about and sort of be a sounding board for them to decide which path to take next? Do you have any advice on how they can determine what direction to take next with their medical careers? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one thing we know about doctors is they are intelligent, self-motivating kind of people. And um, one thing that we really don't like is having a problem and not having a solution. So it's really common that if a doctor is feeling unhappy in their career or unsatisfied in their career, they go searching for that solution. So we're talking to a really highly motivated group of people. So yes, there are some exercises that you can do without speaking to a career counsellor that you can just go off and do yourself. There's probably three main exercises that I'd recommend for junior doctors. The first one is thinking over up, and this is thinking about do I want to stay in medicine or not, or even what type of medicine I want to go into. It's kind of an overarching framework that I like to talk about to think about what career am I going to be happy in, because there's often lots of influencing factors, intrinsic and extrinsic, that will lead us to making a career decision. Sometimes we feel like it's the right decision, sometimes it's not. So you might be in the instance where you've chosen a career or you think you've chosen a career, but it doesn't feel like the right decision. You might be in the instance where you have no idea what you want to do, or you might be a person that thinks medicine is not right for you at all. If you're any one of these three, this framework can really help. And it's understanding that our career, what gives us career happiness or career satisfaction has a couple of big key areas. And that is you want to be doing something that interests you. To, do, to know that, you need to figure out what your interests are. You want to be doing something that you have skills and strengths in, or at least you have an, in, if you don't yet have the skills and strengths, like, you know, don't expect you to be able to go and um, intubate a patient when you're a medical student, but you at least have to have an interest in the skills and strengths that are required in that field. So interests, skills and strengths, something that suits your core values, something that kind of suits your personality traits and you know, that's something that is contentious. It doesn't have to, but being aware of any strong preferences you might have and whether that fits your career or not and something that fits your non-negotiables. So non-negotiables are really important to be aware of. You know, where do I need to live? What income do I need to have? Do I have return to service agreements? And try and use that framework to then figure out what career might, you know, hopefully most of the boxes. The biggest thing for junior doctors is understanding your interests. Because we, as I said, we're studious, we're hardworking, and junior doctors often do what is expected of them and do what we're told to do. What happens then sometimes is we live this life, we go through medical school or our junior doctor years with doing what is asked of us without reflecting on what do we actually enjoy doing. 
So one really useful exercise is a bit of, it's active reflection. It's a bit of an interest, interest reflection exercise. And I tell every junior doctor I speak to do this. And that is to reflect at the end, at the end of your day or to reflect at the end of your week. And you, you sit down and you say to yourself, what did I like about today? And what didn't I like about today? What do I like about medicine? And what don't I like about medicine? And get very specific about what those things are. Because if you're finding that you're not liking your day and it's been going on for six months and you do this exercise regularly, you might be able to identify that actually I really don't enjoy acute care, shift work and, you know, um, paperwork. And then you've got some really specific things you can work with to try and help you find a career that might not have so much of those areas. And the same, what do I enjoy? So then you can start moving towards a career. So I say, number one, that framework of interests, skills and strengths, personality values and non-negotiables. Number two exercise is active reflection regularly on what do you like and what don't you like? And I still do this, you know, almost every day. And then the third thing, which can be really useful, particularly for junior doctors, is an exercise called career mapping, where you map out if you're trying to choose between a couple of careers or trying to choose between whether you, let's say, leave medicine and go back and do a diploma of education to become a high school teacher. If you do a career map where you compare what a career might look like if you become a GP with an interest in medical education versus going back to university and doing a, a, a degree in education and map out the years, map out what's important to you. It might be finances. It might be taking some time off. It might be whatever it is. Input that into your career map and just visualize it. Because as junior doctors, we're so used to just putting one foot in front of another and just going through the treadmill. Often it's nice to just stop and reflect and look at what life might be like in five years time by career mapping and comparing your careers. So they're just three exercises that I would always suggest that everyone should think about doing. Thank you for sharing that. That was some very valuable advice and words of wisdom that I'm sure a lot of junior doctors can use. But in case they find all of that overwhelming to do on their own, how can they reach you or use your services? So I run medical career planning, which is the career planning and counselling service for doctors and med students. So my website is www.medicalcareerplanning.com.au. And they can just have a look on there. We run regular workshops. We have a heap of online courses, which outline that all, you know, I've got one course all about non-clinical careers and what non-clinical careers are out there and how you can get into them. I've got a course on GP with special interests. I've got a course on every single medical career that you can possibly do. And I've got a course coming out in the next two weeks on personality traits and how they impact our decision-making. Uh, so that'll be coming up soon. And we do one-on-one counseling, coaching, um, and we have a range of career counselors that you can work with. So there's a lot of career practitioners out there. Um, you can, doesn't have to be me. You can choose from anyone, as long as you've got someone who's indepa- independent, impartial, and who you feel you connect with. Um, that's, that's the main important part of it. And I guess there's also the other aspect of uh, having career counselling done, which you alluded to at the very beginning, you know, the, the element of coaching that's brought into career counselling is that at the end of the day, you're there as a guide as opposed to someone that gives the answer. Is that correct? Absolutely. And and sometimes people do find that a little bit um, frustrating. And I can understand that. I The amount of clients I have coming to me and saying, oh, just tell me what to do. That would be wonderful. But that is not the role of a career counsellor or a career coach, really. The whole idea is being able to um, ask the right questions to get you as the individual 
to figure it out yourself. If I could go around and tell everyone what to do, I would have this wonderful workforce where I could just, you know, have everyone filling all the gaps. And that's not what I want. I want people to be able to come to the decisions on their own, but to having the right resources, knowing the right things to consider um, and having that right approach where someone is asking you the appropriate questions. And at times they might start asking some challenging questions that they, that are designed to get you to start thinking a little bit deeper about where you want to go in the future. So those challenging questions, sometimes you might sit on them and think about them for, you know, six months, 12 months. So often when we have a career, a career conversation, people won't walk away within that 60 minutes and ha- and know exactly what it is they want to do. That's not the, the purpose. The purpose is to start getting triggered, you know, thinking about some questions that you can then think about over the next couple of weeks, months to help you come to the career, you know, create that perfect career that you're looking for. Thank you so much, Ash, for your time. That was uh, some very valuable words of wisdom that you've shared. Thank you, Dana. I really appreciate you um, inviting me along to speak.